Hello there. Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Barton. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! To begin with, as we close out this series on light, I want to show you a picture. Um, And it may be uh, hard for you to guess what this is. Uh, This is actually really, really cool. Um, This was done in a scientific lab. It is actually a human sperm cell uh, coming into contact with a human uh, egg. Uh, Scientists have discovered that human life begins with a bright flash of light as the sperm meets the egg. An explosion of tiny sparks erupt uh, in the egg at the exact moment of conception. Um, What this does is it it highlights the very moment that a new life begins. Um, And since we've been talking about this subject of light and we talked about the fact that human beings are bioluminescent, that we, we display light, it should come to no surprise to discover that a flash of light accompanies the beginning of a new life. Uh, Just as darkness is associated with death, light is associated with life in the pages of Scripture. And so today, uh, we're going to close this out, and we're going to examine a passage of Scripture uh, that we have referenced pretty much every week throughout this series. This is probably the most familiar passage of Scripture on the subject of light in the entire Bible. Uh, Those of you who had the luxury of maybe growing up in church and maybe remember going to kids' church or junior church or or whatever they called it back then, you may remember singing a very familiar, a very popular song entitled, This Little Light of Mine. How many of you have ever sung that? Even if you didn't grow up in the church, you may remember this song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm not going to sing it. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Uh, Well, the idea behind that song was taken from the passage of Scripture that we're going to be in this morning. Uh, So we're going to be at the feet of Jesus as Jesus Jesus is teaching uh, to the masses. Uh, We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. This is a very pivotal Uh, portion of scripture where Jesus does a whole lot of teaching here. And in Matthew chapter 5, we're going to pick up in verses 14 through 16. It says this, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Uh, I am not going to keep you super long this morning, uh, but what I'd like to do is just go back uh, through this passage, kind of walk through this short passage together as we close this series out. I want you to notice that Jesus begins with the word you. He says, you are the light of the world. He is talking both individually and collectively. 
right? So it would be like, and I'm going to use um, Lindsay Towns. She was, uh, used to be one of our interns, so I can pick on her. It would be like me saying, you, Lindsay. And it could be like me saying, you, all of you. So it's an individual and a collective phrase. You are the light of the world. Uh, each one of us who follow Jesus bear light. Um, it's a small light, but when you merge it with other people of light, that light begins to grow and illuminate. That's the, that's the whole reason for gathering together as a church. You know, our little lights come together and we become a, a bigger light. And so uh, think about it this way. I cannot light up the whole world by myself. I'm just one person. That, uh, I'm talking on a spiritual plane here. I, I can't light the world up by myself. We as a church cannot light up the entire world. It takes all Christians shining together to light up the world. And so you, we think about this on the micro and the macro level. On the micro level, one Christian is a small light. But one million Christians together is a huge, massive light. And so when Jesus uses that phrase, you, he's speaking to all light-bearing Christians. Uh, we all have to do our parts to let our light shine. Uh, back when horse and buggy was the mode of transportation, uh, a town doctor at a very small town, he was asked to drive eight miles from town out into the country to visit a sick child. Well, in the evening, it, was, it, it, it got dark and it began to snow. It was falling so rapidly that this guy was in sore danger of getting lost. It was like a whiteout losing his way. Well, he was able to make it to, a, to the first farmhouse on the road he was on. And when he got into the farmhouse, he went in and he asked to use their telephone and he wound that thing up. And he called the farmhouse down the road and said, I need you to do me a favor Hang a lantern out front of, your, of, the, of the house you live in so I can follow that light from this house to that house. But not only do that, call the house beyond you and ask them to do the same and, and so on and so forth. And so they did that. And so he's on his horse and buggy and he can't see. He just follows this light to this house and this light to this house and this light to that house until finally he makes it to the house uh, and he reaches the home where that child is sorely needed. Now, when you think of that story, is that not the picture of the Christian life? When Jesus says, let your light shine. We can each throw light upon the part of the road that runs by our own door and make sure uh, that no one will miss their way because our light's not on, our light's not burning. And so when Jesus calls us the light of the world, this is what he means. The world is a dark place. People are lost. They need, they need to be able to look at our lives to see the beam of the guiding light that comes forth from God. In other words, light is meant to guide, not hide. We, we, can't, we can't hide light. Light is meant to be seen and allow other people to see by illuminating their path. Hiding light defeats the purpose of light. And so in the text, Jesus gives us two examples to demonstrate that hidden light is ineffective. And we just want to look at those real quickly, the two examples that, that Jesus uh, gave. Uh, number one, he gives the illustration of a city on a hill. 
He says in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. When Jesus was teaching this, cities were built on hills, and they had walls around them. That was to protect them from, from their enemies. And because cities were on hills, and when, at night when all, everyone's lanterns and lamps were lit, you could see that city for miles and miles away. It was very, very visible. And so uh, there are some cities in our world today that are extremely beautiful. Uh, there are cities that are actually, uh, quote unquote, built on hills. Uh, and so I got on Google and, and looked at some, some of the most famous cities that were supposedly built on hills. And I want to share some pictures with you of, of how they look uh, at nighttime when they're all lit up. And just think about the analogy of a city on a hill can't be hidden. Uh, the first one is in, in my own home state, the state I hail from, Virginia. This is Richmond, Virginia, a, a city on a hill that's lit up at night. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, I think it is. Um, here, here's the next one. This is Edinburgh, Scotland. It's a, another famous city on a hill at nighttime. Or, or how about this one? Uh, Moscow, Russia. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful city lit up at night. There's no mistaking that that city's there. Uh, Mecca, Saudi Arabia is, a, is another city that's supposedly built on a hill that uh, no mistake when it's all lit up at night. Uh, and then the mother city uh, for Jesus uh, would be Jerusalem. Now, this is what Jerusalem looks like in modern day, uh, lit up at night. These are all these beautiful cities that are illuminated at night. Now, I want to show you a picture of Hiram, Georgia. Boom. That's Hiram, Georgia at night. Now, you laugh at that. But I did what I did with all these other cities. I typed Hiram, Georgia at night. And this is the first picture that, that, that came up. Uh, Del Taco. We've got it going on here in Paulding County, don't we? Beautiful. <laughs> so let's, let's not talk about Hiram. Let's talk about Hiram being part of the Atlanta metro area. So let, let's go bigger here and talk about the city of Atlanta. I'm not sure if Atlanta's on a hill, but at night, it's lit up, it shines. Every time I look at those pictures like that, it just, the walking dead comes to my mind because of uh, the introduction. Um, I don't know why I told you that. All right, so this is the, the city of Atlanta. Now, so we live in the metro Atlanta area, so just play with me here for a second. Let's imagine for some reason I'm the only one in the entire metro area of Atlanta that has a light bulb. I have one light. All right, I'm gonna, I'll turn that light bulb on, but you can drive through Atlanta and you're not going to see that one little light bulb over here in, in Hiram, Georgia, are you? you you're just not. It's not going to be super effective. However, when all of God's people individually and collectively decide to shine together, we can absolutely, on a spiritual sense, light up an entire city. Here's Atlanta from space. Uh, the city of Atlanta was taken uh, fr from space. So much light that you can actually see the city from space. But see, in the text here, Jesus is not calling on us to just light up a city, but he's saying you are the light of the world. We have to light up the entire world. And a city on a hill cannot be hidden. There's no mistake 
that that's a city on a hill. You can't hide it. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, as believers, as those who walk in the light, as children of the light, there should be no doubt who we are and who we worship. We should stand out for Christ like a city on a hill at nighttime. People can see you from far away and know there's something different about you. Be known for being sons and daughters of the light. Now, that is not some new age philosophy. That is actually scriptural. Listen to what Jesus says in John 12. Jesus says, have faith in the light while it is with you. Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. I'm with you now. Have faith in me. But then look what he says. And you will be children of the light. Just like a city all lit up at night, we shine. We can't hide that. It can't be denied. Here's how the Apostle Paul words it in Philippians 2. He says this. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So we can't run from who we are, who we were created to be, light-bearing children of God created to shine through the darkness. The second illustration he gives is a lamp under a basket. Look what he says in verse 15. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, or let's think about modern day time, a a flashlight and then putting a bucket over it, Uh, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. Um, Just some trivial information, the bowl Jesus is referring to here is a bowl that was used for measuring grain. Okay, and so the purpose of lighting a lamp was so that everyone could see. If you put it under something, then that purpose is defeated. All right, so in other words, hidden light has no value. If you can't see light, what good is it? If it's suppressed and hidden, it's not helping anyone. And we can't hide who we are. We can't eliminate our responsibility to the world to beam and radiate light. And people try to hide their light all the time when things get hard. Think about in the face of persecution. If persecution came, the Christian might be tempted to hide their identity. No, I don't follow Christ. You don't have to worry about me. But Jesus says if people don't know about our relationship with him, then it defeats the purpose of of us even being here on earth. I remember uh, becoming a Christian late in my teenage years. And I was a light bearer until I went to a, a party and decided I didn't want to be a light bearer. Then I would hide that light and not try to walk in that light. Jesus is saying, no, if you're light, you're light. You always bear light. You, there, you can't turn it on and turn it off. In other words, we, we can't wake up and say, not today. I don't feel like being light. Uh, I'm, I'm mad. I'm grumpy. I'm just mad. at the world. I am not going to be light. I'm just going to hide out. No, we can't do that. You can't put it under a basket. This is the way we witness to the world. And so if we're going to be effective in our role that Jesus gave us as his followers, then we have to be absolutely 
visible. We have to shine, even when it's not convenient, or even when it could be dangerous. Every day, all day, we shine. Verse 16, he closes this thing out here. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Okay, and so the hope here, the, the, the goal is that people will see the good things that we do, the light that emanates from us, and they'll give praise not to us, but to God. This is an important point to catch because when we preach these, these series about light, we, we, we're quick to say, yes, I'm the light of the world, uh, but we forget verse 16. That the goal is not for people to look at us and say, wow, that guy's awesome. The goal is to look at God. So, so, so think about it in this context. The goal is not for people to say, you know, what a great bunch of people there are at Elevate Christian Church there in Hiram, Georgia. I mean, look at all the wonderful things they do for, for girls in sex trafficking, trying to rescue them, and for food pantry, and, and, and for Celebrate Recovery, and all these ministries. Man, those are just wonderful people. Look how honorable their lives are. That's not the goal. The goal is that people will look at the good things that we do, the ministries we have, the way we interact with people, and, and not say, wow, Kevin Barton's a good guy, but to say, wow, what a great God Kevin follows. What a great God Elevate Christian Church follows. The goal is to give glory to the ultimate source of light, our Father who is in heaven. And if we don't give God the credit, then we're not being lights to the world. We're just shining a light on our own selves. And so I think this means that every good thing that we do for our fellow man, it's important that we give God the credit. If we do good but fail to point people to Jesus, then we haven't done what light is supposed to do. You're a city on a hill. You can't hide that light under a basket or a bushel. You've got to let it shine and illuminate all the time. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Centennial Light. It's the world's longest lasting light bulb. All right, this little light bulb here has been burning, believe it or not, since 1901. 1901. It, it resides at 4550 East Avenue in Livermore, California. It's actually in the fire department there. And due to its longevity, this light bulb has been written about by the Guinness Book of World Records, Ripley's Believe It or Not. It's even in the General Electric Handbook, this light. It's been burning for 119 years, this single light bulb. I have light bulbs that don't last you know, a day, not, more or less 119 years. I guess they don't make them like they used to. 119 years, and still it shines. You know why? Because it's a light bulb. And it was created to shine until it dies. When that light bulb dies, they'll unscrew it, and they'll put another light bulb was, that was created to, to do the exact same thing. Shine until it dies. Okay, so this may be morbid, but this is what Jesus is asking us to do in this passage. He's saying, listen, 
shine until I call you home. Let your light shine for the world to see. You're a city on a hill. Don't hide it. Just keep it on. Just keep illuminating. Just keep shining until you breathe your last breath and I call you home. Be a light in this dark world. Let your light shine. Show love and kindness and patience to people. Offer people the hope of Jesus Christ. Never stop shining, no matter how long you've been alive in Christ. Right? So if you're eight years old, you let that light shine. If you're 108 years old, you let that light shine. The word retirement is not in the Bible. I don't know if you know that. There is no such thing as spiritual retirement. There is no such thing as saying, you know what? I'm in my 80s, man. I'm, I'm old. I don't need to let my light shine. Let somebody else shine that light. No, always, until our dying breath, we were created. That is our purpose, to let our light shine in this dark world. This light bulb has been shining for 119 years. How are you doing in your life? Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.